Welcome back, Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Derek Hansen with you. It's a pleasure to bring with us again. We love to do this flicks and football segment. We haven't had a lot of movies to talk about. Well, we haven't had a lot of football to talk about either. Matt Oline from Perry Public Television is with us. How's your uh, summer been so far, Matt? Oh, okay. I've got to watch my daughter play 12-year-old softball fast yeah. pitch, so that's been exciting. And they've, they've allowed the girls to play, and so far, no no problems uh, with anything. So that's that's been nice. But, uh, yeah, just watched a little bit of golf, of course, um, which is about the only sport that's on right now. Uh, but just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with football. Yeah, and that's just it, right? It's interesting. I, I just... I, I brought this up a little bit earlier because, you know, there's a lot of concern about schools coming back and what have mm-hmm. you. And if they decide not to, because we've had senior Babe Ruth, because we've had a, this like this uh, elite softball league or whatever, this uh, performance softball mm-hmm. league been playing, if they want to maybe have remote schooling, and it's going to be different, I think, in every school district. And then would it be the craziest thing if they, because of the contact sport that football is and the fact that volleyball is indoors, I brought up the idea of maybe having those be the spring sports and then have track and field and softball and baseball kind of get that done in September and early October and be done with it. You know what I'm getting at? Just kind of flip-flop the times. Are you talking about high school? Yeah, or I'm, talking, I'm talking high school. I think that would probably be the best. Yeah, that might that might work. You know, the college thing is complicated oh. because there's so much money involved, and I'm I'm getting more nervous every day about this college football season. You know, the NFL, those are paid athletes. Yeah. So that's a little different situation. Uh, but I'm getting, you know, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling non-conference games, you just, and, and let's face it, um, COVID cases aren't, I mean, the Midwest is not the hot spot right now. No. Nope. And the Big Ten canceled non-conference games. But, uh, you know, what does the ACC and SEC do next? If they just play conference games, can we still have a playoff? Maybe take the five conference champs and add three more at larges. Maybe do an eight-team playoff this year. You know what I mean? And don't have any other bowl games. I mean, that's that's one idea I thought up the other day, where at least because you can't get a gauge of the conferences because they're not playing other teams outside the conference. So you'd almost have to take all five conference champs. And let's say Ohio State beat Penn State, and Penn State was 9-1. and one. Well, then Penn State would be an at-large team, obviously, right? Because that's a good loss, so right. uh, that would be one way to do it. But uh, I'm just, I'm just getting nervous that uh, there's such a groundswell, uh, you know, out there, and I don't want to I don't want to pick on the national media, but you know, it's, it's no let's you turn on you turn on <laughs> yeah I know you do you turn on the news and it's it's you know it's crazy and you got to turn it off. Um, so it's hard to get a gauge for what's going on in Florida is not what's going on here, even though our cases are up today in the state. But uh, I'm getting more nervous because of all the moving parts involving the five major conferences and what has to happen to have this season happen. And what is Notre Dame going to do? Well, they've, got, they've had five. Yeah, they've, they've got a real problem. Yeah, and I think what it sounds like is the ACC is maybe going to try to help them out with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's where I think the blanket – Here's the problem that I think with with what the Pac-12 and and Big Ten did is I think what they should have done is said okay sorry because let's face it that was not a health concern issue that was a we can't pay these Mac schools and we can't pay BYU you know what's BYU gonna do right and they lose right. I mean they get the same thing as uh, Notre Dame right now 
and, and North Dakota State falls under this category. I mean, mm-hmm. Oregon can't put butts in seats. They're not going to pay North Dakota State a half a million dollars no. when they can't put butts uh-huh. in seats. So this was no. a financial thing. Because let's yeah. face it, bringing NDSU to Oregon is a lot safer than bringing USC or Arizona State to Eugene. Absolutely, it's a bit safer. So it's disappointing. I mean, everyone was looking forward to those back-to-back games with Oregon. Where, where, and, and also, uh, you know, Bison fans would be able to measure their team. They really had a chance there to measure against last year's Rose Bowl champion, even though Justin Herbert is in the NFL now. Right. So we're not sure if, if NDSU would have had a quarterback edge. They, they very well might have. And then Ohio State comes in the next week, and, you know, Bison fans can really look at that next game. Uh, you know, let's say Ohio State would have come in and beat them by 24 in the Bison lose a real tight game. Well, then they can say, you know what, we're, we're within three touchdowns of Ohio State, theoretically. So, it, 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 you know, is FBS a move we can make at some point? But uh, that's too bad because you really would have been able to compare the talent level, Derek, uh, between NDSU and Ohio State, and, and maybe maybe NDSU would have beat Oregon. I think it was, was going to be a tough task. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was, you know, I wouldn't put anything past NDSU. They are tough in the trenches. We saw them wear down Iowa. I was really looking forward to that game, and it's it's just very disappointing. What do you think? I mean, it's interesting because the NCAA, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Embert, you know, he's kind of looking at everything that's going on, and he decides to pull the plug because, you know, let's not forget, I mentioned this with Tyler Axis this afternoon. I mean, the NCAA and the NBA pretty much shut the country down, right? I mean, the dominoes fell once they announced it, and that's when the coronavirus a tax task force got together. It was the Friday after that announcement, and then you know before we knew, it, governors are closing stuff left and right, and it does kind of have that same type of feeling again. But I wonder if the SEC and ACC are going. Listen, we're not going to do that because they have the thing yeah. that the, they have Georgia and Georgia Tech. They have South Carolina and Clemson. They have Florida, Florida State. They have a lot of you know kind of quirky things there uh-huh. that are pretty big deals, and and that's TV money too. Yeah, I can see the SEC and the ACC canceling some non-conference games, but South Carolina Clemson is going to happen. Florida, Florida State is going to happen. I agree with you, Derek. Uh, you know, the, the the tricky part, as you say, was Ohio State and NDSU flying out to Oregon with nobody watching the game yeah. or a couple of mascots and 20 people in the stands. It would have been very, very strange. Uh, I still think there's going to be a season, but it, as you know, Derek, Facebook is a hard place to be right now. If you get on the wrong wall or say the wrong thing or insinuate that you think football could happen, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're accused of sending scholarship athletes to their death, which is, <laughs> you know, absurd. Well, course, okay. yeah, consider it, it. I mean, yeah. Some of these kids that have gotten COVID haven't even known they've got it. And I'm not saying it's not a serious thing, but uh, I think there might be a better chance of a college kid suffering a career-ending injury in a game than dying of COVID because these are in shape, healthy kids. Now, again, don't viewers, listeners minimize what I'm saying about COVID. It's a serious situation and it had to be taken seriously and probably needed to be taken more seriously in this country than it was in retrospect. Uh, But I do think they can have a football season. We've seen in golf, uh, you know, if you're outside, there's less of a risk. We've seen that, Derek. Look at the protests after George Floyd's uh, death. There was a lot of people in the streets in this country, for sure. And and we saw that the the rates in Minnesota didn't go through the roof after all that protesting. So 
If people wear masks to the game, if the players are tested before the game, I think this is still doable. I do too. I think what it is, I mean, and my biggest thing is, and I've mentioned this quite a bit on social media, is I think the problem that we have, Matt, is we're such a reactionary society, right? So mm-hmm. to what you said, oh, I mean, yeah. and I've, I've said this on the air, so I'm not afraid to say it again. I mean, I, as the brand manager at KFU, I just roll my eyes at some of these reports that are coming from CBS News at the top and bottom of the hour here because I think it is, and, and it, you can't tell me it's not political when every report is made political about it, right? I mean, it's so many cases, mm-hmm. and then this governor says this from Florida, and then President Trump said this. And I, to, to me, what bothers me about this is if you look at the actual CDC data, and, and what the problem that you have is if you can talk, if, if you say something like, well, it looks like it's better for this, and then you get a story shared to you, well, this person died so-and-so, they were only this old. Unfortunately, I mean, if we're going to talk about data, if we're just going to talk about numbers, and Lord uh-huh. knows as a 47-year-old obese person <laughs> who, has, who has had problems with respiratory things, with sinus infections, I know I could get this and die from it, but I've been coming to work every day since March. It, it's so that, that's just yep. the reality of the situation. I could also get you know really badly injured or killed in a car accident, unfortunately, but I'm still going to drive home. And, and my point being is, if you want to look at actual data, I mean, we've lost about 1.3 million people in this country. 7,500 people die a day. I mean, if, and no one wants to be a stat, but that's just the you reality mean, of year, it. That many people have died this year in the US. 1.3 million people okay. have died so far. We normally lose about 2.8 million people a year. Up so to it's th- on about the right track. Uh, uh, the, yeah, the, especially. I don't, I don't mean, to say right track, but it's on pace for a normal year, is what you're saying. Well, and actually, it's you know kind of below it, right? As we're in the below, midpoint okay. of of July, yeah. but that can change as you get towards the holidays and the weather, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and, and season, cold and flu right? season. Yeah. So that that's the thing is that I mean, numbers can be cruel and crass, but that's exactly what they are. If we're going to throw out numbers, if we're, and if you look at the CDC website, it says deaths you know related to covid which i don't doubt is that covid may it came in while you're suffering from pneumonia and the flu and boom i mean it's right there in front of everyone and, and you just kind of look at the data when it when it comes to kids and being asymptomatic and i guess the other problem that bothers me mad with the national media is one of your guys your former ohio state guy have you seen many national interviews about ezekiel and how well he's doing i mean what I mean, did we really hear a lot from Embiid about how he recovered? I mean, the recovery stories just aren't talked about all that much. It's just not. No, no and, and and from my understanding, Zeke barely knew he had it, didn't he, Derek? Right. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not minimizing it, but these are guys walking around. These are top flight athletes that barely know they have it. Now, I know what the, what the, the fear is, is that they're transmitting it to other people. Correct. Um, and so I get that. Again, we're not trying to minimize any of this, but I'd love to see a football season. I think it is doable. This isn't, you know, we're not asking 95-year-old people in nursing homes to go out and play football. These are, you know, 21, 20, 22-year-old people that are in really good condition. And if they take the safety measures before the games with all you know, a player test positive, they don't play that week. Yeah. And you allow maybe 10,000 people in the stadium with masks. As you know, Derek, I've been to Ohio Stadium. If you allow 10,000 people in that stadium with seats 102,000, it's going to look empty. I agree. I really don't think social distancing will be an issue uh, at that if they play Rutgers in the opening game. The other thing is, by going to only conference, the season does now theoretically start a little later. We're talking late September. That might give 
just enough time to get this thing settled down and people down south to start wearing their masks. If, if Dabo Swinney and Nick Saban would come out and have a press conference and say, you guys want a football season? Put your masks on all the time. I think people would do it. Yeah. But if one of those, those two people have the most uh, influence in the South right now, <laughs> or Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney, not any governor, those two come out and say, put your masks on. We might be able to save this season. Or Ryan Day saying it up, up in Columbus. That might be all people need to hear. I will say this, though, because I don't disagree with you. And I mean, I just I just got back from the grocery store with my mask on. And I, I do think, I, I what I do think, though, that bothers me is a narrative like it's going to stop the spread. It may slow down. It may minimize a chance of you giving it to someone or vi- vice versa. You know what I'm getting at? I think the biggest thing for me is I th- also think they should talk about social distancing, right? Because I think mm-hmm. th- that more than, I mean, just talking to, Listening to some of the biggest epidemiologists, they said the mask maybe help filter some of those droplets and, and aerosols or whatever it might be. But you know, let's, we don't need to have garage parties during this time because that's my biggest fear, fear about them right. closing down bars. Is that hey, these young kids are getting together, and it's kind of my argument about going back to school too. I mean, we we maybe got to take precautions for teachers, and I can I can go through a laundry list of things on how I and think that's they can. The next football right now. Speaking of football, that's going to be the next football is the school issue, and you're seeing it already. Uh, once President Trump came out and said we need to be in school, all of a sudden, you know, it became political political football yes. uh, because he said it. And I'm not again. I, I'm pretty public. I have to be very careful what I'm saying. I moderate debates in the fall. I'm not taking a side here right. at all. What I'm saying though is, if 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 Barack Obama said something for eight years, the Republicans would go berserk, and it's the same thing now. It doesn't matter what comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. There's going to be um, a huge reaction, whether it's schools or whatever. We got our parents survey last week for Fargo parents about what we want to see in the fall, and you know, and so uh, you know we have to. Just, I'm up I'm at Stanford Hospital, so I have to, I can't stay too too much longer. But yeah. um, I do. Um, and my father's in the hospital, and we're just keeping an eye on things. Uh, he is 95, by the way. So my sister just kind of flagged me in, so I might have to end this. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no I'm problem. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, that's right. But um, where was I going with the school thing? Is becoming a political issue now, and uh, I it's it's a tough issue. I can tell you from my perspective, our 12 year old struggled with online school. She didn't turn in her assignments. It was a, I mean, my wife was working downstairs and I was at the office and it was a nightmare from what I'm telling you. So if they can make this work somehow to have the kids in school and be safe and wash hands and wear masks, then I am for it because online was a disaster in our house. Virus, which is very serious and it does worry me that being an overweight and person that uh, I certainly could get very sick if not you know perish from it but it has become so political and I want to give you a little example of this and why I think we hear so much of this and it kind of drives me crazy and why as we come up on the top of the hour it bothers me too but here's Margaret Brennan yesterday on Face the Nation talking to a pollster about this and if you don't think this is a little political and really influencing the election just take a listen to this Q&A here so these states are heavily impacted by the virus itself, but is that influencing votes? Uh, in a short answer, yes. And here's how. First, for some context, we asked people if their state reopened and reopened the economy 
too quickly or at the right speed. And a majority in all of them said they thought their state went too quickly. And then they also told us that they felt that the state did that because of pressure from the Trump administration. So you combine that with the president's low approval for handling COVID in these states, and he may be paying something of a political price, at least for the moment there. So there you have it, kind of what we got. And Madeline back with us here on Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on KFGO. And kind of what you're getting to, unfortunately, we can't really address, you know, the issues of school opening, bringing back football, whatever, without it being so political. And I think, I don't know if you got to hear a lot of that, Matt, but that was from Face the Nation yesterday. and shows that the polls are showing that you know exactly that. Uh, it's hard not to mix anything that's political right now. I, I joked last week. And no one's ever accused me of wearing a Make America Great hat again. If, But if President Trump said uh, we shouldn't open up schools, maybe we would. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. And that's where yeah, we're at I, right I mean, now. Look, we, we've talked on Facebook, Derek, and again, I have to be very careful. Yeah. Uh, but I, there, there is bias out there. We can see it. Uh, we can see it on both sides. And if you, if you covered news like I used to and you follow this stuff, you can spot the bias. And sometimes what it is, not necessarily what you cover, it's what you don't cover. Right. Or you don't do the follow-up story on the state that uh, opened early and things are going pretty good, like Montana. Well, well, Montana was, they did have shelter in place, didn't they? I want to correct myself. Yeah, country. South Dakota are probably the biggest. So, I mean, South Dakota is the biggest one that didn't. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I know people in South Dakota, and a lot of them say, you know, if you take away the, the plant down in Sioux Falls, I mean, I've, I've driven through South Dakota. There is nobody in western South Dakota, north of Rapid City. It's just there's nobody out there. Yeah. And so, um, so it, again, it's, some, it's sometimes what you see is, is the story that doesn't get covered or the headline gets skewed a little bit on the website, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox. Uh, there is bias, and, and I think that is that does not serve the public and the country well. Uh, but we've seen that playing it down the line didn't work for CNN. So I think they have gone the other way. I think they have gone completely in uh, on, on the anti-Trump bandwagon for four years. And again, I'm not, I'm not here defending Donald Trump or, or criticizing him. I cannot do that. Uh, I don't tell people who I vote for, nothing like that. And, you know, I, I do, you know, I moderate debates in the fall and we're hoping yeah. to have some, and I've never had many complaints from anybody. So I try to keep it fair. But um, there is, if you can spot bias, it's there. And uh, things like the New York Times not running the Tom Cotton editorial, I had a problem with that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, the New York Times has run editorials by a lot of people that aren't good people. And I'm not saying Tom Cotton isn't, but he is a sitting U.S. senator. I had a little problem with that decision, and I think it's one of those slippery slope decisions that could could be regretted down the line. You know what I mean? I mean it's, a, it's, opinion, it's an opinion page, right? Right. Well, I mean, here, and, here's, and, and, yeah. and I, I, I did have a problem with that. I have a lot of friends who are very liberal that had a lot of problems with what went on there who are free speech people like I am. So these are the things I kind of keep my eye on and I get a little nervous about uh, sometimes. Well, here's... This is, yeah. It's in the Constitution. You know, this is a, this is a country built on free speech. Here's the thing that I, the thing that I really get to your point is now we have everyone's got to pick a side, right? So and right. And, and so it's it's interesting you have this because 
instead of actually going to the news you may want to hear, you're going to, you know, and you see it now with social media. That's changed the game, right? So everyone, you have one side always wants to share negative news because they want to make America look like it's awful right now. And then, of course, you have the other side want to share nothing but, you know, maybe conspiracy theory, hoax theories. And I just shake my head and say, let's just look at the actual data that's out there that everyone's talking about. But it doesn't seem like they want to go there. And then when they look at me, because you know where I'm at, I mean, I... The thing that we're I, 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 I can't, yeah. I, I, yeah. both parties drive me crazy, so it's easier for me to see this. And so it's a head scratcher for sure. And I think that we are lost. We are no longer, it, it's not, uh, it's just infotainment now, right? I mean, journalism's yeah. dead. It's all infotainment. Well, on 24 7, it is because they have to get ratings. Yep. And, you know, I still, you know, the CBS Nightly News, I think they do a pretty good job. I, you know, I'm biased, but I think NPR does a good job. BBC World News. Very, very kind of down the line, the news hour on, on PBS, those kind of things, uh, tend to be a little less in your face. Uh, they tend to be a little more old-fashioned reporting, which which can be boring to some people. But if you want the facts, that is where, you know, that's where I would turn. Uh, but it, it's a contest for ratings between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. And uh, uh, it's... If, I mean, you don't have to watch a lot of those three stations to know where where things stand and where where the bias is. So, yeah, Couch Potato Radio. On both sides. I don't like bias on either side. Let me just say that very clearly. I'm not I'm not advocating for one or the other. I just I just don't like bias um, on either side. Well, I think the problem is 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 that. And this has been kind of an age-old problem with newspapers. Now we're really seeing it in electronic media. The fairness doctrine going away, what it did was, hey, we got to worry about information and everyone has their chance here, and that's fine. But a lot of people can never tell the A section that's different from the op-ed section in newspapers, and now that's kind of what we got going on. Because when you mentioned CNN, I mean, the, the, the station that covered the Gulf War and was the little engine that could that you know, kind of embarrassed Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings and Dan Rather, it's just, that's gone now. It's it's more or less, it's just political talk shows on both MSNBC yeah. and CNN and the Fox. We always known that's what they were, so and that's where we're at. I don't think Ted Turner's in real good health these days. I saw him in the Jane Fonda documentary on HBO when she went out to Montana to visit him, and there's something wrong with him. I don't know what it is. I've heard it's Louie Body. But I would love to hear what he thinks of CNN now. Yeah. And I haven't really seen an interview with Ted lately. I don't know what his health is like. Uh, but, you know, I would let me, just, let me just leave it right there. I'd love to hear what Ted has to say. No, that's about true. About some of the reporting. And, and I think that's the best way to put it. So hopefully, I mean, and I just, what I always ask people to do is kind of filter. Just don't absorb what you yeah. hear. Yeah. Filter it. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we have as consumers is, we're just taking the information, and many times because of our biases, we take the information we want and not be willing to even listen to anything else. And I think, you know, it's kind of the in- interesting part of that with medical too, right? How medicine has gotten so political, and it has been for a while when we talk about healthcare, or whatever. But wow, it's uh, certainly uh, it's on turbo now. Let me leave you. How hard has it been for you not to? Uh, See any new releases? I mean, oh. no, no summertime new releases. This is painful, yeah, this isn't is, it? This is this is a very scary time in the film industry and the movie theater industry. Uh, Fargo Theater's been shut down for four months. So is Marcus. Um, I've been watching a lot of, um, you know, uh, this week I'm going to review a French film called The Truth, which is on Prime Video, starring Catherine Deneuve. That's getting some Oscar chit chat 
and the Oscar thing is a whole other football. Of course, some decisions were made on that, as you know, by extending the eligibility into January and February of 2021. Yeah. So that's really weird, Derek, where the, the Jan- if, if you're in a theater in January or February of 2021, you'll be eligible for the 2020 Oscars. And the award show will happen in April, and then next year they'll go back to normal. Um, you know, 21 releases from March through December will be eligible for that Oscar year. And then finally in 2022, hopefully things can get back to normal. But it's a scary time. And I thought Marcus Theaters was going to be open by now. They're not. The problem is there's no product to show. Right. And a lot of a lot of the, a lot of the films have gone towards streaming. A film called First Cow, which I'm going to review next week. Uh, the Truth. The Truth would have been at the Fargo Theater by now with Catherine Deneuve and Juliette Binoche, and Ethan Hawke. It's kind of a French film with some English language thrown in, but it's on Prime Video. So that's where I watched it, and I paid my five ninety nine and. I'll review that this week, but it's it's scary. It's really scary. A lot of people in the film industry aren't working. I mean, that's another thing is going back All on right. shoots and sets and going to foreign countries. New Zealand is open for business, by the way. So, you, you know, where Peter Jackson shot Lord of the Rings. So they're, they have film production going. But uh, Do they want Americans uh, there, though? <laughs> I don't know. Should we do Lord of the Rings 4? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Return of the King wasn't long enough. Yeah. Let's, let's make another three hours, but... I don't know what's going to happen. They've 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 got to start churning out. Um, they've got to start churning out product uh, eventually, and I just don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when theaters are going to be open. Yeah, it's a tough time. There's no doubt. Uh, just to have some movie theater popcorn or pretzel bites, I've been jonesing for that for a very long time. That is for mm-hmm. sure. I can about imagine you this are. Will too. be the weirdest Oscar year ever because. Some of the films would have been in theaters, and some of the films will not have been in theaters. So it's going to be really hard for voters to filter this out. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I just and, and as you said, I I think the one thing about it is if there's a glass is half full whenever this is done. You know, when we get to this seventy percent herd immunity, all these uh, scientists talk about whether it be a vaccine or with just a mass spread or whatever it might be. I do think if they can hang on. The appreciation for a movie theater is going to be there more, right? Because I'm so sick of my, uh, you know, by the time when the weather wasn't great up until early May, I was so sick of my recliner. I mean, you, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? I just, I just, there's something about yep. the big screen that I, and I don't think we're going to take that for granted anymore. I, I hope not. I, I mean, the James Bond film comes out in November. Who wants to watch a Bond film on on Netflix? Yeah. I don't. I want to watch it in the theater and Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson. So. They're, they're waiting on those releases. They're waiting till they can have a time in the theater when they can put those films. The Bond people were very on top of this more than anybody. They, I think it was February, Derek, where they announced, nope, we're not releasing. We're going to push to November. And I remember at the time people think, what are you doing? Well, they have the China market, of course. Mm-hmm. The Bond is big in China, uh, believe it or not. He, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, He's a capitalist, a British secret agent, <laughs> but they love him in China, apparently. Uh, communist China. Uh, you know, it's, it's, he, it's a big deal there. So that they, they had their eye on the China market and also on the COVID restrictions. So that could be the first really big one out of the gate. And also Christopher Nolan's tenant, T-E-N-E-T, he is determined not to put that film on streaming. He's a theater guy. He's a big screen guy. He was hoping for July, and now his next release is August. So let's hope that happens. Very good. Hey, Matt, thanks so much. Very okay. generous with your time. It's fun to talk to you. Best to you and your family, and we'll talk to you again, hopefully, okay. preview in a college football season. Oh, I hope so.
So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Matt right. Olin again with us, Prairie Public Television, our flicks and football segment here on Couch Potato Radio on the Mighty 790 KFGO.